EFC 99 coming at us this weekend. Yeah, we're very close at EFC 100. Can't wait for that event. But before we do, though, we have a title fight on our hands at EFC 99. Iga Cabeza up against uh, Bradley Swanapool. Um, in that main event over at 99 in that featherweight strap. Uh, listen, Iga Cabez has been on this show before. Exceptional fighter, record of 14-2 and two currently. And he joins us on the phone line this morning to talk us through his fight preparations and potentially uh, what the future holds for him going forward. Iga, how are you doing, my good man? No, I'm good in you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you feeling this close okay. to, to, to fight night? What are your feelings, emotions? Are you hungry? Where are you at? Uh, I'm thirsty at this current moment. Uh-huh. I'm very thirsty at the current moment, but I'm feeling good. Now I'm I'm grateful to hear that. Thank you for joining us. I know uh, there's a lot of emotions uh, before a fight, particularly this close. Yeah. Um, and I know currently you're in a weight cut. What what was what were you trying to shed um, just before you got into this fight? I mean, what were you walking around at? What was the weight looking like? Jeez, we, we've been cutting weight since '75. We're sitting at what, 67 at this current moment. Wow, insane! Yeah. And what's the limit? Um, 65.8. 65.8. And yeah. obviously that has to be off before weigh-ins, yeah? Um, yeah. You, you feeling good about it? No, I feel awesome. I feel good. It's been a long camp. Yeah. Um, I feel awesome. Yeah. You've made this weight multiple times in the past. Do, yeah. You've been involved in, in title fights for a long time in your EFC career. Do, does does one feel different from another or is it all routine at this point? No, I think I think all title fights have their own meaning in their own separate ways. You know, if you don't know, sit down and look at them as the same thing. I mean, um, it's very important to not look at it as the same thing. All right, let's talk about the challenger and Bradley Swanepoel. Uh, currently five and zero in the EFC. That's an impressive record. Um, what are your thoughts about the challenges he's possessed and how he possesses, and how have you how have you prepared for him? Well, um, to be honest with you, Bradley is still a youngster, but a 5-0 and record, um, I mean, that's good for him. But, I mean, if you look at who has he fought, it's very, very scary to say that's a good five, you know. But, um, yeah, I think the kid is going to be all right. I think he's got good, um, I said, they say he's got good jiu-jitsu. We'll find out. Uh, I don't Basically. think so, though. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't know. He's still, he's still very raw. He's still got a lot to learn and a lot to understand. But uh, I'm just, I think he's happy that he got the opportunity because at the end of the day, he needs it, you know? Yeah. Is this the mentality you're going into this fight with the, the teacher, student, almost like you're going in there to show that there's levels to this game? Yeah, I think if you look at this kind of a matchup, you know, the kid won a couple of fights, he called out for the belt, and he got, I gave him the opportunity. And. Just going to show him that, listen, you're not ready yet. I think that's the, the matter of the case in this fight. But um, like I said, we take him seriously at the end of the day. But he's still going to understand that he doesn't belong there with me. Let's talk about matchmaking in the EFC. And I've had this conversation with Graham in the past, but I'm interested on in the, the fighter's perspective. You are an elite EFC athlete, as in your record speaks for itself. You've long been touted as one of... Uh, the, who's got, someone who's going to be a breakout star from the promotion and possibly go abroad yeah, and, and do your bits there. And then they also have this like gap in between you, the up-and-coming generation, and the guys who I believe just aren't good enough to, to, to fight guys like you, right? And there's many of them, and there's fights like that that you've had to take in the past. Yeah. What's your thought on matchmaking? Because we can look at the, the past two, three fights of yours and possibly out of the three, say two of them weren't 
weren't Iga Cabeza level fights, you know, and, and yeah. that for me is an issue. You know, you know, it's the thing is, if you look at if you look at um, the EFC back in the days when we just started fighting, the divisions was big. You know, there was a lot of fighters, there was a lot of good guys, there was a lot of guys that were actually um, the guys actually coming back from good background um, in sports and stuff like that, or any complex sport. Now you don't really get a lot of that, and also it's hard to keep up with somebody that is active constantly. You know, there's times we would fight four, five times a year. You know. So that time, when you're fighting so many times, you get to clear out the division as quick as possible. Then you get to a position whereby you fought everybody, or most of everybody, and the rest of the guys that is left is the ones that are not so great, or not so good, or don't have the, the high skills. And then you have to get to a position where they are stuck, you know. And someone like me also that took their career slowly, you know, didn't rush into the, the overseas things, you know, they didn't, didn't get ourselves into positions of, rushing into big fights and, and fumbling, you know, we took our time. And, um, you know, you dealing with someone like that, it's a bit of a difficult in the organization. So I think at this moment, EFC, they, they're not putting athletes as fast as they're having athletes compete, you know? So mm-hmm. someone like myself, now if you think about it this year, top, it's been three fights. I mean, in the past, it's been even more. And at this moment, it's not the competition is not there anymore because you just keep on clearing up the division, you know. So yeah. I think at this moment they just need to they just need to keep working on bringing new new fighters over and over and just giving them fights back to back because if they're gonna keep up and someone like myself decides to say you know what I'm going nowhere, they're gonna have a big problem on their hands. Yeah, and it's it's going to keep being, and I use this term loosely, but mismatches, at least on paper, right? Um, yeah. What, what do you think that does for you, though, uh, Iga? How, how does that help or hurt you when you're fighting guys who, again, this is taking nothing away from these guys, all of whom are exceptional athletes, all of whom show up, make weight, go through the training camps. But when you're fighting yeah. guys who you don't believe are on your level, how, how is that helping your bottom line? So, this, I don't know how to explain it to you. So, <laughs> if you think of it in a sense, uh, when you compete, it's, it's about skill level, right? And the guys, some guys don't have the high skill level, but when they get to compete against you that's got the high skill level, they get to grow as well. So, at the end of the day, it's, it's not just about not being on the same skill level or whatever the case is, but it's about also just making sure the other guys elevate as well. But um, it's also important for us to be moving on and growing and getting ourselves into into bigger and, and better promotions as well so that we can keep our competition state high, mm. you know? Mm. But um, like, I, like I said, we took a long time and I think it paid off. I think at this moment we've gained uh, as much experience as we did it, needed to gain. Yeah. And um, yeah, hopefully after this one we'll be, we'll be moving on to the next thing. Yeah. I, I don't want to have this conversation again because we had it for about a year and a half, maybe even longer. What did COVID-19 mm-hmm. do? How did it affect the promotion, not only the promotion, but the athletes themselves? I mean, it was almost a two-year period a period there of nothingness. And, and maybe you guys were still in gyms, but it's very different being in the gym versus yeah. being in the hex, yeah? Yeah, and I think COVID did a, did a big um, big mess up of things um, in terms of, I mean, I know EFC, they were going through a financial case before EFC, before COVID. Uh, when COVID hit, it became even worse. 
um, us as athletes, I know I suffered a lot from it. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible time. But um, we just kept our heads up and we kept on going, you know. I think EFC also did the exact same thing. We just told ourselves it's not the end of it, you know. These things happen. It's part of life, you know. Things go up and down and you just need to keep your head up and keep going. Yeah. Do you feel like it was two years of development lost, even for you at this, at this stage of your career? Come again? Do you feel like it was two years of development lost, even at this stage of your career? No, no, to be honest, actually mm. not. I think maybe most of us needed the two years off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've been working so much that uh, you get a chance to take two years off, I think. Uh, you get to take it and you pocket it, you know? Um, but yeah, I think you also lost a, good, a lot of time. Two years is a lot of time to lose for training. And um, But uh, I think it was it was also a good thing at the same time, as much as it was bad, I think. Let's get back get, to... Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, no, nah, I just get to feel like you're growing in different avenues uh, as well, you know. I hear you. And you're so focused on fighting and training that you forget about the world um, and, and, his troubles, and his troubles, you know. So you get to grow in, in different avenues. So I think it was not too bad as much as it was good. Yeah. yeah. Let's get back to Bradley Swanapo. I mean, uh, he's the man you'll be fighting this Thursday. I'm not sure if you've, you've yeah. been around him as of yet. Um, I'm not sure if you've met up with him, been in the same space as him uh, since this fight was announced. Well, I haven't met up with Bradley in a very long time. Mm. I think the last time I saw him was at like ESC 97 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we prepared well for him. I mean, everybody knows when we train, we train our all around. You know, we fix mm. ourselves in the, the holes that we have. And not based on the next up the next person, you know. And he'll be fighting the person that he want that I want him to fight, and not the other way around. So it's just a matter of yeah, he's he's all right. I, I can't no remember. See. We're traveling to Joburg now, so we're going to see him soon. Yeah, I, I can't remember who who said it, but uh, someone said I don't get paid per round. Yeah, as in like I don't have to stay in there for the longest time to get my money. I get it yeah, even yeah. still. How do you see this fight going in your mind? Like, what is your part of victory if you are forcing him to fight your fight? Well, I mean, it's going to go either, either, either he's going to give up, or he's going to get, he's going to get, he's going to get knocked out. One of yeah. the two. It's either he's going to give up mentally, and I say give up. It's one of the two. He's going to give up in his head. He's going to say, "I can't do this anymore. It's too much." Yeah. Or he's just not going to see the shot coming, and he's going to see himself playing on his bum. Yeah, uh, we've spoken about your wrestling pedigree in the past. We also know you can get it done with your hands as well. Wh- which one excites you the most? Like, what finish would you prefer? To be honest with you, I'd really want to choke him out. Why that I one? I think that will be. Well, I think I think um, I don't I don't think his jujitsu is where he's easy, you mm. know. And I think uh, I think his last couple of fights has been choking guys out. I've uh, been taking their backs and struggling. So I just want to show him if someone takes his back, how quick it can happen. Mm, mm, mm. Um, you have your most recent loss came at 86, uh, Ronaldo Exxon. Um, it's a yeah. fight that I was actually at, that I saw live um, yeah. at the PI. Talk to me about that fight and whether or not, if, if at any point you have the feeling that you want to run that one back, um, if it were possible be it in the EFC or possibly even another promotion in the future. Is that something you're thinking about? Well, I mean, I'm not a sore loser or anything like that. I mean, mm. losing is part of the game. Somebody's got to lose, you know. 
and eventually it's gonna come. And yeah. if it comes, it comes. You take it and and you move forward. You know what I mean. But if the opportunity comes to fight the guy. Most definitely, everybody knows that I want to fight him again. Mm. I think he caught me at a time where I was at my lowest and. And if he gets to fight me where where I am right now, I think it would be a different ball game. Yeah, absolutely agree. I only asked the question because I, I look back at at the loss you had before that, which is Daniel Henry, but you you had beaten him before that. You know that maybe a different yeah. feeling when you know you can beat a guy uh, versus being put out in the first round. Um, would be excited mm. to see that fight again. Uh, should it materialize in the future? Uh, let's talk about yeah. the future. I mean, what are your plans going forward? Is it the EFC? Where do you feel we had a conversation in the past? UFC potentially. At that point, you had said probably one more in the FC, and then you're looking abroad. Where are you at now? To be honest with you, I don't think I should be discussing that because I'm also not 100% ah, sure. But okay. I know it's definitely not the EFC. Okay. But um, I think I think let the news come out when they when it's time for it. You know, I'm not 100% sure if I should be discussing it. All right. What, what do you make of the UAE, the UAE Warriors? I know there's a quite a few athletes who've gone over from the EFC to UAE. What, have you had conversations around it? Have you heard anything about the promotion? No, I've never really had a, a conversation with anybody about the UAE or anything like that. Um, but I've seen a couple of guys gone there. I know um, the Mark's there as well. And um, yeah, he, he took a, a tough one there on the chin. But uh, I think it's a good promotion. I think they're doing well themselves. And uh, I think um, Pico's also there and Martin's also there. So no, the guys are doing well. I think uh, I think it's good for them, you know. I think that maybe that's the promotion for them, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Just talk to me about the UFC quickly. Um, let's just have a look at that UFC featherweight division. Now, I know that's not the only promotion that you could yeah. end up at. Yeah, there's so many others, but I only ask about the UFC because it's the more prominent one in these spaces of ours. Uh, what do you make of that that UFC featherweight division? Are you seeing guys in there that you think, yeah, that these guys you definitely can beat? Yeah, no, I think the UFC's featherweight division is full of monsters. I think mm. it's full of guys that are that are very well equipped, and I think the guys also got a good experience there. But I think we can can swim with the guys. We can yeah. hold our own there. It's nothing. There's nothing that they have that I think we don't have. Mm. I think all of it is just the same. It's all about your mental state. Um, but yeah, I think the guys are good there. I was watched a couple of um, the what's the name, the Calvin Cutter fight. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, now you look at those guys. I mean, there's, there's nothing special about them. I feel like they they good. But I mean, we can still swim with them. There's nothing different that they are doing. That you know, if if you're talking about the lightweight division, then it's another ball game. Mm. That one is a bit of a tough tough division to be in. Um, but at the same time, like I said, there's nothing different that they're doing that we are not doing you know it's all about the what's in your what's in your headspace what mm. how how bad do you want it you know yeah yeah uh, i mean i'll say it's full of killers that featherweight division even still i believe you can swim there for <laughs> sure but where volkanovsky is max holloway yaira brian ortega geez just some absolute sharks um yeah, yeah. but of course we've had people go do well drinkers to is really you know waving the flag uh, just yeah, quickly like, on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How closely are you watching? It's all about movement? the mindset. Like yeah. I say, you see, Drikas's mindset is set on on achieving something, and mm. and he wants it so bad that he doesn't matter where he is. You know, yeah. so it's all about how your mindset is. You, you've got the skill. You've got the skill. Everybody's got the skill now. Now, what makes you better? How do you think? How do you see it? You know, how bad do you want it? That's that's the thing that it counts now. You know, it's it's an inches game now. So. Uh, if you look at the guys are good. I mean, it's not like you're fighting a Bradley Swanepoel. You're fighting someone that's hungry with no skill. Mm. Now you're fighting someone that's got skills and hungry. How do you, how do you cope with that? It's, it starts changing, you know. So it's 
It's all about how bad do you want it now. I think I already know you answered this question based on everything you've said, but can we have a, a champion out of South Africa who trains out of South Africa in some of the biggest promotions in the world? Or do you feel like, like in other sports, there will be a need to go abroad and pick up other skills? I think I think there's a possibility. There's a big chance that that could happen. I mean, it's not impossible. But I also feel like maybe people should just change their perspective in terms of training and how they treat their careers as well. You know, what is what what's going to make you better? You know, I think at this current moment, if you're in the country, um, there's a lot of how can I put it? The people are not really focused on MMA as much as much as they should, mm. and they don't. You don't um, put time into the in your in your training and your career, so it kind of makes it hard for you to have the same mindset as people. If, for instance, in the United States, mm. you know, um, if you're sitting here and you're surrounded by guys that are that are fans, and all if all is around fans, uh, then you stop thinking like a killer, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, it's you. I, I, I'm just. That's just my my mentality. If you want to be a champion in, uh, let's say, one FC, for instance, you, you need to have the mentality of killing. You need to know that if it's time to kill somebody, it's got to go, you know? Whereby we are sitting with people that are not thinking like that. So it's kind of hard for for the sport to grow in this country. And also people don't want to share. It's hard for someone to have their skills and share their skills. Mm. So they can't grow themselves. So they can't grow the sport. And that means that it just gets harder, you know. But I think there's a possibility. In the future, I think there will be a couple of guys that, that probably can hold the belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you make of these smaller events, the PI? You've, you've seen the biggest events. Do you like, do you like the PI? Is, has it settled well in? I mean, you've been to the bigger ones, as I've said, the Sun Arenas and beyond. Yeah. To be honest with you, I really like the casinos. I think the casinos were a bit more vibey and had a bit more life to it you know they added something to UFC yeah but I think the PI works works much better at this current moment you're one of the UFC's biggest stars did you want to be on that 100 card I mean that's the big one for the year right to be honest with you I actually wanted to be on the 100 um, I actually, actually wanted to do something weird about it but then it was a bit too close so it's actually okay also that I'm not I'm, on, I'm not on it because mm. uh, we were looking at fighting well hopefully because uh, I have a feeling that Joe Cummins is not going to be coming to fight for that lightweight strap. So we wanted to jump in for that one, mm. but it's a bit too close. Mm, I see. Well, yeah. I guess if you stay ready, right? <laughs> you never know. You never know what could happen. You, you finish we'll Brad see. in 60 we'll see seconds. What happens. We'll, yeah, we'll turn see it around what quickly. All right, but listen, yeah. thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate your time. All the best oh. with the, the weight cuts, all the best with getting ready for the fight. Would you say, as most fighters often say at this point, best fight camp so far of your career? You know how they were, that old cliche? No, no, <laughs> no. Okay, Yo. good. I'm so tired of hearing that. Like every, every no. fight camp is your best fight camp. No, no, no. Yeah. This was not the best fight camp, but it was hard. Though. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. You know what they say about yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think we we're way beyond best fight camp. You know, if you're still mm -hmm. saying things like that, I think, uh, no. Because, I mean, we've been training since, Jesus, since we just after the, since when they opened up everything after COVID. Yeah. Since then until today, there's no day break. We've been training constantly. So I don't know how long that training camp has been, but. Sure. 
can't be based, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear uh, you. Well, looking forward to Liga. I'll certainly be there. I know millions will be watching from around the continent. Appreciate your time this morning, yeah? And we can't wait for awesome. it. Awesome. Okay, thanks right. for having me, man. Cheerio. That's uh, Iga Cabeza there on the phone line with us before his fight uh, v. Bradley Swanepoel, where he'll be defending his featherweight strap at EFC 99. Yeah, I think we spoke across, yeah? A range of issues. His plans abroad, uh, EFC and its current state in terms of that chasm between the talent, yeah, in the EFC, there's massive, there's a big gap between where Iga Cabeza is and some of the more prominent names in the EFC versus where the others are. And that's a problem. What does that mean for his potential growth going forward? All of that on the podcast at www.vvsr.live. Right, just gone 8.30. Yeah, we're going to have a, foot, a football conversation next. Yeah, women's football. Uh, that conversation takes center stage in just a bit. Your 24-hour sports entertainment radio station. Vision View Sports Radio.